The next few Mishnayas are talking about Zera, which is a substance that comes out of a person's male organ when he has relations with a woman and possibly at other times, and it makes both him and the woman who has contact with it Tome. The beginning of this Mishnah continues from the previous Mishnah as to when somebody is unsure whether that which came out of his male organ is regular urine, which would not make him Tome, obviously, or if it is Zera. So the Mishnah tells us that Hamatl Tipin Oves Metocho Amor, if thick drops come out of his male organ, then Tome, he is considered to be impure, that's the opinion of Rabbi Lozor who understands that even if it comes out of his male organ straight away, and usually it's the urine that comes out first, nevertheless, the fact that it is thick drops is a very clear indication that it is indeed Zera, such that he should assume that he is Tome. Hamaharher Balaila, somebody who has thoughts of relations with a woman at night whilst he is sleeping, and he wakes up and he finds that his male organ is slightly warm, Tome, he is considered to be Tome, even if he can't see that any Zera exited his male organ, because it's assumed that a little bit exited it and it must have been absorbed by his clothes, and therefore he is considered to be Tome as a Baal Keri. Keri is another term for this substance that comes out. Now, as you mentioned, a woman, when she has relations, she also becomes Tome as a result of having contact with this substance, and before purifying herself, she should make sure to clean it all off of her body, because otherwise, if she still has contact with it after she went to the mikveh, she would just become Tome again. That having been said, there is a limited amount of time since the time of the relations that the Zera, the Keri, would still make her Tome. The Torah describes how all of the Jewish people had to separate from their wives, not have relations with them for three days before the Torah was given. And we learn from there that for a period of three days, or as we'll see in a moment, the exact period of time is up to debate, the Zerah can make one Tome. Now, according to the first opinion of the Mishnah, if the woman finds on her body the Zerah on the third day since she had relations, she is pure. The way that he understands the Pesukim is that only Zerah that she finds on her for the first two days, the day that she had relations, and the next day, only that would make her Tome. Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Shmuel says that actually any Zerah that she finds until the fourth day, the beginning of the fourth day, would make her Tome, such that it emerges that Pa'amim Shein Arba Oinois, sometimes it will be four Oinois, and Oina is a period of 12 hours, so sometimes after a period, after four such periods of 12 hours, if then she finds Zera, she'll be pure still, because that would already be the fourth day. It's a tiny bit more than a period than four periods of 12 hours. But if she had relations with somebody at the end of the day, just before it got dark, so that means that a few minutes later, it's already the second day. So if she waits two full days, which is four periods of 12 hours, plus a few minutes, so it could end up being that we already, we've already reached the beginning of the fourth day, and any Zera that she finds at that point will not make her Tomei. Sometimes it would require five periods of 12 hours. If she had relations in the middle of the day, sometimes she would need to wait six periods of 12 hours, which is three full days. If she had relations at the beginning of the night, which is considered to be the beginning of the day, so the fourth day only begins slightly more than three days later. So according to Rebilozab and Azaria, any Zera that she finds on her body within the first three days, excuse me, within, within the first two days will make her Tomei. According to Rabbi Ishmael, 
anything that she finds within the first three days. She needs to wait until the fourth day. But according to both of them, it doesn't depend on the amount of hours that pass, or even the amount of days. It depends on being at the beginning of the third day, or the beginning of the fourth day since she had relations. Rabbi Akiva Oimer, Rabbi Akiva says that no, it's always going to be exactly the same amount of time, L'Elam Chomesh, and that time is always five periods of 12 hours, which is equivalent to 60 hours. The way the Rabbi Akiva understands the Pesukim that talk about the people separating from their wives just before the Torah was given, he learns that the Zerah that she finds on her body within 60 hours of her having relations would make her Tomei, but if she finds it after that amount of time has passed already, then it would no longer make her Tomei. Mishadalad, the Keri, the Zerah, which is the substance that comes out of a man's body, is only considered to be a source of impurity if it comes out of a Jewish man's body. And it depends on the man. So, if a Jewish man had relations with a non-Jewish woman, and then the non-Jewish woman finds Zera on her body that came from the Jewish man, that Zera is considered to be a source of impurity. So, although the non-Jewish woman herself does not become Tomei, a non-Jew, at least a Raisa, cannot become Tomei, but that Zera is a source of impurity, so if it touches any object, then that would become Tomei. On the other hand, a Jewish woman who finds Zera on her body that came from a non-Jewish man, Tahira, that Zera will be pure because it didn't come from a Jewish man. Continues the Mishnah. A woman who had relations, and after doing so, she went to the mikveh in order to purify herself. But she didn't clean her body properly beforehand, which means that there is still zera, which is attached to her body, which is touching her body. It's as if she didn't go to the mikveh at all, because she's still touching that source of impurity, so she remains Tomei. On a similar note, Balkeri Shatoval, a man who became a Balkeri because this substance exited his body, and he went to the mikveh, but Vilahitla Samayim, he didn't urinate beforehand. After he goes to the mikveh, Kshayatla Samayim, if he then urinates, Tomei, he becomes Tomei, because we're concerned that some of the Zera remained on the tip or on the inside of his male organ, and as soon as he urinates, that will make him Tomei. And because of that, he should make sure to urinate and only then go to the mikveh. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says that this is only a concern with an ill person or an old person. Then, since that which comes out of his male organ comes out with less force, so there is a concern that some of it might have remained inside of his male organ and when he urinates it will come out. So then, Tomei will be impure. But by Yerod if it's a younger person or a healthy person then there is no such concern, and as long as he doesn't see any Zerah, he can assume that there is none, and Toho, he will be pure. Mishnah Hay, as we have learnt, in order for a person or an object to become pure in a mikveh, it must be touching the mikveh water on all of its surfaces. That having been said, a part of a person's body that is always hidden doesn't actually need to come into contact with the mikveh water. For example, the inside of a person's mouth does not need to touch the mikveh water. The Mishnah talks about a case where there is Nidah, a woman who is Tomei as a Nidah. This is just a classic example of somebody who is Tomei, but it would apply to anybody who is Tomei and going into the mikveh to purify themselves. She put a coin inside of her mouth, the yard of a tovla, and she went into the mikveh and fully immersed herself. She becomes pure from that which she was Tomei. However, 
she is still considered to be Tome because of the saliva that is touching the coin inside of her mouth. In general, the saliva inside of a person's mouth is just considered to be a part of their body, and even without opening one's mouth when they go to the mikveh, they will become Tome, and they will become Tahar, and of course the saliva inside of the mouth is also considered to be pure. However, by putting the coin inside of her mouth, there is now saliva on the coin that we no longer consider to be a part of her body. It's now disconnected from her actual body, her tongue, and it's on the coin, and we view it as being a separate entity from herself. And since the coin and the saliva did not touch the mikveh water, they remain impure, which means that the woman automatically becomes Tome again from having touched the saliva that became disconnected from herself while she was a nidah. Any liquid, including the saliva that comes out of a nidah, is considered to be Tome, as an avhatuma, and the woman is now essentially touching that source of impurity, so she will still be Tome. Continues the Mishnah, If the woman placed some of her hair inside of her mouth as she went into the mikveh, that means that part of her hair, which is a part of her body, didn't touch the mikveh water. So not all of her body touched the water, so she wouldn't become tar at all. If she had her hand closed, she clenched her fist such that the palm of her hand didn't all have contact with the water of the mikveh. So again, she wouldn't become tahar. If she held her lips together very tightly, in all of these cases, it's as if she didn't go to the mikveh at all because not all of her body touched the water of the mikveh, so she will remain tamei. Somebody who holds onto a person or onto objects and submerges them inside of the mikveh, tameyin, they will remain tamei, because the fact that somebody is holding onto them at the time that they are being submerged into the water means that part of the surface of the person or of the object will not touch the mikveh water. However, if the person first washes hands in the water and then held onto the person or the object as he dipped them into the mikveh, then we view it as if that water connects with the water of the mikveh, so it's like the water of the mikveh is touching all of the surfaces of that object or the person, and therefore it would become tahirin pure. Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Yerape, one is actually able to hold onto the object or, to, or onto the person whilst he goes into the mikveh, as long as he holds on very loosely, enough that the water can enter in between his hand and the object, and then the object will have touched the water totally. And the truth is, the first opinion of the Mishnah agrees that that's true, that it is possible to hold on to it very loosely, such that the water will touch all of the surfaces. However, Midirabonon, the Tanakama, the first opinion of the Mishnah, says that Midirabonon, it is forbidden to do so in case somebody will come to hold on to it too tightly, in which case it really will disturb in the purification of that item. Besastorim, besakmotim, the mission ends off hidden parts of the body or parts of the body that are folded skin. For example, wrinkles. There is no need for the water to touch the surfaces of the parts of the body that are anyway hidden. This is learnt from Psukim that only the parts of one's body that are revealed need to come into direct contact with the water of the mikveh. 
The focus of this parak, this chapter, is a chatzitza, which is something that blocks the surface of the item or the person that is being immersed in the mikveh from having full contact with the mikveh water. And really, this discussion was already started in the previous parak. And the general rule is that midoraisa, according to the Torah, in order for something to be considered a chatzitza, something that significantly blocks and prevents the water having contact with part of the item or the person. So it would only be considered a chatzitza if two conditions are fulfilled. Number one, the majority of the surface is blocked. And number two, the thing which is blocking it is something that the person doesn't want to be there, or he doesn't want it to remain there forever. If a person wants it to be there, so then we consider it to just be secondary to the person himself, as if it's almost a part of the person. And then it wouldn't be a chatzitza. But if a person does not want it to remain there, and it covers the majority of the surface, then it would be a chatzitza, and the item or the person would not be purified. However, bonon, it's enough that even one of those conditions are fulfilled. Which means that even if only a tiny amount of the surface is blocked, as long as a person does not want it to remain there, it would be a chatzitza. So the Mishnah says, Eilu Adam. The following things would be considered a chatzitza on a person who is immersing in a mikveh. Chutei tzemer v'chutei pishtan. Woolen or linen threads, v'haretzuais or ribbons, shebe habonis that are on girls' heads. If it prevents the water having contact with a part of the hair, then it would be considered a chatzitza. They obviously don't want to keep that on their hair forever. And even though obviously it is not blocking a majority of her body, it would still be considered a chatzitza, even if it's blocking only a part. Rabbi Yehuda says, Threads or ribbons that are made out of wool or hair are not considered to be a chatzitza, because water does enter into them and it won't properly block the water from having contact with all of the person's hair. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, that is not considered to be a chatzitza.